Welcome to The Kinked Wire, the interventional radiology podcast from SIR Publications. You can learn more on our website, sirweb.org slash kinkedwire. This episode provides audio abstracts of papers published in the March 2023 issue of SIR's Journal of Vascular and Interventional Radiology. You can find the full papers on jvir.org. My name is Daniel Kim. Hello, my name is Yandria Varela, and I am a third-year medical student at Burrell College of Osteopathic Medicine. I will be reading the abstract titled, Endovascular Assessment of Liver Hemodynamics in Patients with Cirrhosis Complicated by Portal Hypertension, by Ferral and colleagues. The hepatic venous pressure gradient is currently considered the gold standard to assess portal hypertension in patients with cirrhosis. A meticulous technique is important to achieve accurate and reproducible results, and values obtained during measurement are applied in risk stratifications of patients with portal hypertension, allocating treatment options, monitoring follow-up, and deciding management options in surgical patients. The use of portosystemic pressure gradients in patients undergoing placement of transjugular intrahepatic portosystemic shunts has been studied extensively and has great influence on decisions on shunt diameter. The purpose of this study was to describe the recommended technique to measure hepatic venous pressure gradient and portosystemic pressure gradient and to review the existing literature describing the importance of these hemodynamic measurements in clinical practice. Hello, my name is Anna Hu, and I am a second-year medical student at the George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Sciences. I will be reading the abstract titled, Updates on the Model for End-Stage Liver Disease Score and Impact on the Liver Transplant Waiting List, a Narrative Review, by Milano and colleagues. The model for end-stage liver disease, or MELD score, is an established indicator of cirrhosis severity and a predictor of morbidity and mortality in patients undergoing transjugular intrahepatic portosystemic shunt, or TIPS, creation, and for allocation in liver transplantation. Since the adoption of the score, its use has been expanded to multiple new indications requiring model modifications, including relevant clinical and demographic variables to increase predictive accuracy. The purpose of this report is to provide an update on the modifications made to the MEL score, comparing their performance with C-statistics advantages and disadvantages, and impact on mortality at three months after placing a TIPS or awaiting liver transplantation. Hello, my name is Sydney Levy, and I am a third-year medical student at the University of Florida College of Medicine. I will be reading the abstract titled, Yttrium-90 Radiation Segmentectomy in Oligometastatic Secondary Hepatic Malignancies by Chu and colleagues. Purpose. To evaluate the safety and efficacy of Yttrium-90 or Y90 Radiation Segmentectomy or RS in the treatment of oligometastatic secondary hepatic malignancies. Materials and Methods. This Institutional Review Board-approved retrospective study evaluated 16 patients with oligometastatic secondary hepatic malignancies who were treated with RS. The mean patient age was 61.9 years. Of the 16 patients, 11 presented with solitary lesions. The median index tumor size was 3.1 centimeters. Primary outcomes were evaluation of clinical and biochemical toxicities using the National Cancer Institute Common Terminology Criteria for Adverse Events, version 5.0, and imaging response using response evaluation criteria in solid tumors, version 1.1. Secondary outcomes were time to progression and overall survival as estimated by the Kaplan-Meier method. Results 
Clinical grade 3 toxicities were limited to one patient who experienced fatigue, abdominal pain, nausea, and vomiting. Biochemical grade 3 toxicities occurred in one patient who experienced lymphopenia. No grade 4 clinical or biochemical toxicities were identified. Disease control was achieved in 14 of 15 patients. The median time to progression of the treated tumor was 72.9 months. The median overall survival was 60.9 months. Conclusions Y90RS displayed an excellent safety profile and was effective in achieving a high disease control rate in the treatment of oligometastatic secondary hepatic malignancies. Hello, my name is Leanne Liu, and I am a second-year medical student at the University of California Davis School of Medicine. I will be reading the abstract titled, Volumetric Analysis of Progressive Remodeling of Isolated Mesenteric Artery Dissection, treated by conservative therapy by Abdallah and colleagues. Purpose, to characterize remodeling of conservatively treated isolated mesenteric artery dissection, or IMAD, using three-dimensional volumetric analysis. Materials and methods. Patients with type 1 or 2 classification of Yoon treated by conservative therapy between January 2019 and January 2020 were prospectively included. Semi-automatic morphological analysis of the superior mesenteric artery, or SMA, included volumetric measurements of the true lumen, false lumen, and overall lumen and 3D aortal mesenteric angles from CT angiography data at admission, 1 month, and 12 months. The SMA morphology of patients with IMAD was also compared with that of control individuals. Results a significant reduction in overall lumen volume was observed, whereas true lumen volume remained stable. The true lumen to overall lumen volume ratio significantly increased over time, from 53% at 1 month to 78% at 12 months. Aortomesenteric 3D angles at 2, 4, and 6 cm from the osteum showed a progressive decrease toward values observed in the control group. At 12 months, Five patients had complete remodeling, and aneurysmal change was observed in two patients. Smoking, an SMA angle at a distance of 6 cm from the osteum at admission, were the only factors affecting remodeling negatively at 12 months. Conclusions One year remodeling in IMAD followed an overall decrease in overall lumen volume related to a decrease in false lumen volume. Smokers and patients with larger SMA angles at baseline showed poorer remodeling. Spontaneous arterial remodeling in IMAD might favor conservative therapy. Hello, my name is Alexander Ziskin, and I'm a third-year medical student at Eastern Virginia Medical School. I will be reading the abstract titled, Percutaneous Chemical and Mechanical Necrosectomy for Walled-Off Pancreatic Necrosis by Gabili and colleagues. Purpose. To test the hypothesis that percutaneous combined chemical and mechanical necrosectomy using a malacot anchor drain and an aeroteratola percutaneous thrombolytic device, or PTD, in patients with walled-off pancreatic necrosis, or WOPN, is feasible, safe, and effective compared with the control group undergoing mechanical necrosectomy alone. Materials and Methods In a retrospective analysis, 
patients with WOPN not amenable to endoscopic guided cystogastrostomy placement were studied as case and control groups. The patients in the case group underwent percutaneous combined chemical and mechanical necrosectomy using a malacot anchor drain and or aerotrerotola PTD from December 2020 to April 2022. The controls underwent mechanical necrosectomy alone without chemical necrosectomy. Clinical success was defined as complete resolution of the cavity on follow-up non-contrast computed tomography scans with subsequent drain removal. Results. 13 patients in the case group and 11 patients in the control group underwent percutaneous drain placement followed by percutaneous combined chemical and mechanical necrosectomy, or case group, or mechanical necrosectomy only, or control group, for WOPN. Drain placement and necrosectomy were technically successful in all patients studied. One patient in the case group developed post-procedural sepsis because of communication between the cavity and the splenic vein. Another patient in the case group developed bleeding from a branch of the pancreatico-duodenal artery on post-necrostomy day 9, which was successfully embolized by interventional radiology. No pancreatico-cutaneous fistula was reported at the three-month follow-up. The clinical success rates in the case and control groups were 100% and 38.4% respectively, with a p-value of 0.003. Conclusions Percutaneous combined chemical and mechanical necrosectomy is a feasible, safe, and effective treatment of WOPN. Hello, my name is Anne-Marie Wajay, and I'm a medical student at Chicago Medical School at Rosalind Franklin University of Medicine and Science. I'll be reading the abstract titled, Patient and Provider Perspectives of Telehealth and In-Person Interventional Radiology Clinic Visits by Bullman and Colleagues. Purpose, to assess patient and provider satisfaction with interventional radiology, or IR, outpatient telehealth, and in-person clinic. Materials and methods. This Institutional Review Board approved study analyzed patient satisfaction with clinic via survey after an IR outpatient telehealth or in-person visit. A physician telehealth experience survey was completed by eight IR physicians. Results. During the initial survey period, 44 of 53 patients, or 83%, completed a survey via telephone compared with 37 of 158 patients, or 23%, who were offered an electronic survey during the second survey period. Of 81 respondents, 18, or 22%, were in-person, and 63, or 78%, were via telehealth. Of the respondents, nearly all patients in the telehealth group reported satisfaction with their telehealth clinic visit, with similar rates of high patient satisfaction between in-person and telehealth visits. Most patients in the telehealth group strongly agreed that their physician's recommendations were clear in the telehealth visit and that their visit was private, similar to in-person visits. A telehealth visit saved time for all patients, with 78% reporting greater than one hour of time saving. All IR physicians reported greater efficiency with telehealth clinic than with in-person clinic and that follow-up patterns would change if telehealth was available. However, all providers found telephone visits less satisfying than in-person visits, with video visits being either equally satisfying or less satisfying. Conclusions Patient satisfaction with the in-person and telehealth outpatient IR clinic was high. 
with patients and providers reporting time-saving and greater efficiency with telehealth, suggesting that telehealth should remain an important component of outpatient IR clinical care. We thank all the medical students who helped with this episode. My name is Daniel Kim, and I was your audio editor for this episode. The research from this episode appears in the March 2023 issue of JVIR, and you can visit jvir.org for the full papers, other audio content, and much more.